Well, I hope you've had a good week, and whether you're dropping kids off and at college and doctor's offices, or um, you're just, most of Tyler went back to school this week, and uh, some of you are dead-eyed, and I get that, just exhausted, <laughs> Don went, sorry, <laughs> no, it's, just, it's a tough week. To go back and you, you meet the kids and you, they, know, they know your name. They've known your name for, uh, for a few weeks now and now you've got to learn all of their names. And not just your class, but somebody else's. And sometimes it feels like the days just drag on. Have you ever just thought, like, I'm going to do something? You know, I, I need to call that person. And it's Monday, and you think, I'm, I'm going to call that person. And then all of a sudden, it's December, <laughs> where your, your life is just this continual day in, day out, I've got I've to do this, and then I've got to do that, and I just get caught up in the day-to-day routine. And then maybe sometimes you take a moment, maybe you've decided to climb a mountain, and you're sitting on the mountaintop, and you think, what? am I doing with my life? You know, and, and, some, and we can make people feel guilty in churches. We can go, hey, how, how are you giving your life to God? What are you doing for this church? And sometimes the answer to that is, I'm a principal. Sometimes the answer to that is, I'm a carpenter. Sometimes the answer to that is, I'm a teacher. Not like I show up and I clean the windows or I mow the yard or I do, I am involved in this ministry and this ministry and this ministry, but a church that's willing, wants to change the world, a church that is a kingdom of priests to the world, representing God to the world, that ministry can't be done here. It's got to be done out there, walking around, living a life worth talking about, living a life worth representing God. And so sometimes it feels like you live this small little life, just day-to-day routine. I do this, and then I do that, and then I do this, and all of a sudden, I've got grandkids. One time we were sitting at the table, and uh, we were still living in Arkansas, so Clara was an age, and we had a, I don't remember, it was... 10 maybe, and Nolan was, we were all sitting around table, and Clara said, just in three more years, I'm going to be a teenager. We were like, yeah, celebrated it with her, you know, because math was good. And she said, and then I'll be, two more years, three more years after that, I'll be driving, and I'll be going to college, and then Nolan, who was like five, goes, and then I'm going to be a grandpa. And we thought, we we're going to have to watch that one. <laughs> but it just kind of gets away from you, your life. And I don't, as, as people of God, I don't want you to ever get to a place where you feel like your life is being wasted because you've picked one profession or another. You do this with your day. God can use 
your day. God can use your life to do great things. And while you may feel like it's something insignificant or you're just doing this or that and it's just kind of what you do, God can use your full life. I've always pronounced this word wrong, so I'm going to say it the right way, Purim. I always say Purim in my head like it's like half a dog food. It's Purim. But it's a, it's a holiday in, uh, in the Jewish culture. It is a party. If you go online and decide what to do in Jerusalem at Purim, and you just asking the internet something, say, hey, what are we going to do in Israel at Purim? The first two or three options are going to be well, you're going to have a hard time escaping the party that's in the street. The streets are packed with people. Just dancing and celebrating and all sorts of cavorting. They have, they have just, it, and, and it says, if you want to get away from the parties, you've got to get away from the street. And we may have our small little lives, but I tell you this, Christians have a hard time celebrating. We have a hard time. In my, my growing up, my upbringing, the word party was a bad word. Unless it was before, it was, it was after birthday or retirement. Otherwise, you, you would say, well, what'd they do this weekend? <gasps> they partied. Celebration was not something we were great at. Even when we were excited, the outward demonstration of it just wasn't good. We weren't, it wasn't okay. Calm that down. Pull that, rein that in. But at Purim, they actually call it in, in Hebrew right now, they'll call it um, until you can't tell. Because the Jewish, uh, the Jewish rabbis long ago had a saying that said, it is good to refrain from getting drunk. But at Purim, you should celebrate until you can't tell the difference between cursed be Haman and blessed be Mordecai. I, I'm not saying that. I'm telling you what they said. But they decided that on this day, they were going to celebrate. And it's all because one day Mordecai woke up and went to the temple gate where he was supposed to be. And Haman, this guy Haman, if you don't know these characters, just trust me, they exist. Haman, Haman was a, a, a prestigious sort. He liked it when people uh, showed him honor. Not even for doing anything. He didn't do anything. He wasn't like saving people. I mean, Mordecai stopped an, assa an assassination attempt earlier in his life, and he's still just going about his life, going, going to his job. But Haman, just people need to look up to me just because they need to look up to me. Oh, well, he's fancy. 
He thought people, and, and listen, he got, he got the king to say, hey, everybody, that anytime you pass, people need to bow down. They need to kneel. Mordecai saw him coming and said, I know. Mordecai made a choice. It's a choice that almost got his people annihilated. Haman sees Mordecai not paying him the respect he believes he is owed. But he, he says, I'm not going to honor that man. I honor God. So Haman goes, I, I'm just, I want to kill him and everybody that's related to him. Thankfully for Haman, those people were easy to find. They lived in communities. They were the Jewish people. And so Haman sets out to kill the people of Israel. Convinces Xerxes to sign a Uh, A law, he's getting ready to do it. And then Mordecai, whose family is now the queen, Esther, goes to Esther and says, you've got to do something. And he's not even to Esther. He's He's operating out of fear, out of just what to do next. Like, who can we talk to? Esther's, Esther's up there in the palace. Send her... Send her person down and I'll talk to him and then they'll go back and he'll, uh, he'll convince her to do what I need her to do. But go talk to the king, he says. Do you think in that moment, Mordecai is thinking, someday they're going to celebrate my name. This will make such a big difference that... People will celebrate me. There will be parties in the street of Israel saying, Blessed be Mordecai. And celebrating his cousin Esther. No. He's just doing the next thing. Solving the next problem, making the next choice, being afraid for his life, and just grasping at whatever's next. And maybe in a way thinking, why didn't I just kneel? Could we have gotten away from this if I had just knelt? says to Esther, go, go confront the king because you won't escape this. And maybe God, maybe God puts you in this situation just for a moment like this. Your life is just a series of steps sometimes. Good choices, bad choices, exciting things and things in the doldrums. Maybe you get up You exercise and you go to work. Maybe you just get up and go to work. That's good too. Maybe you go on walks. Maybe you call your friends. Maybe you talk to those people you love. And maybe you talk to, with kindness, people that are difficult to love. Mordecai is not the hero here. But he is somebody that God used 
just like God used Esther and just like God, God uses us. He is somebody that God used to do great things. God does not need you to read every next book that comes out. God does not need you to be a scholar. God does not need you to, have, to be scheduling personal Bible studies with your neighbors. Actually, you know, I've met a lot of church folk. I just, I strongly discourage that, actually. I'm just kidding. We de- definitely not one of those that's like, and here, and then turn over here, and then turn over here, and you'll see that I'm right. But what, what God's calling us to be as a people are not spectacular. Not trying to, let's just, if we can just get this right. If I can just be perfect for God. God wants us to be usable. To offer our lives up just as our current existence. What God is calling us to do is to do what we do in honor of God. To do what we do and what we do causes other people to celebrate God. Now Mordecai doesn't know that. Mordecai does not know when he's talking to Esther, when he's sending a message to Esther and he's saying, you just, you've got to go talk to it. You can do it when he, she's a little hesitant and he's encouraging her. He does not know that Israel will praise his name. That Israel will praise He's not the queen, he's not the king, he's not, he's not special royalty. He's just a guy doing the next right thing. God can use it. Just the next, the next thing he sees to do, he's doing it. And so in our lives, when we feel like, I just don't do enough. I know some of us feel that way. I don't do enough. Praise be to God that you're the one not you're not the one in charge of the outcomes. You're not the one, you're not the end of this. You give what you give and God will bless it. You teach those kids, you you work at that store, you make those goods, you you weld those metals. And God can use it. When I was a youth minister, uh, the kids would come to me and they would say, I just don't know where. Because people talk to preachers and youth ministers like, like they think they're supposed to talk to us. You know, they use like churchy, churchy language sometimes. And the, they would say, I just don't know where God wants me to go to college. And... That question could have been, I don't know where to go to college. I'm struggling to make that decision. But one of the things I had to get to those, into those kids' head is that God's not going to love you less if you pick the wrong place. And also, what God wants from you is not a particular degree, it's not a particular school, it's not a particular place, 
But it's when you go to the place, who are you then? It's when you arrive. When, when, it's, it's not always like, I'm just trying to figure out God's will for my life. My goodness, has that immobilized and scared us, that phrase. God's will for my life. God wills that the choices you make honor him. And it's not about buying this house or that house or this car or that car. It's not about moving to this place or going to this school. It's when you buy the car, when you move to a place, when you go to a school, when you change jobs. In that place, God can use you. He can, God wills that you honor him where'er you go. You are not Make, you will never make a choice. And God throw up his hands and say, well, I can't work with this. Even your mistakes, those of you who've made mistakes in your life, there's like four of us. <laughs> Even your mistakes, God can turn into good things. Now, our problem sometimes is that we go backwards in our life and we say, we, you know, uh, if one of my kids spills their milk, knocks it over, Ki kids like early on, four or five, have just see everything two-dimensionally and they'll just push straight through a glass of milk. So if, if you keep your cool and are loving and go and grab towels and say, all right, we spilled milk, let's go, let's, this is what we do, and you teach them how to clean up spilled milk. And you say, say this is what, you got to get it because it's dripping down to the floor and let's get a towel, a wet towel because it's going to be st sticky. They may look back on that memory. If we, tr if we treated our parents like we do God, they may look back on that memory and go, you know, that was a neat moment. I think my dad wanted me to spill that milk. Dad actually caused me, if not caused, but allowed me to spill the milk. I didn't want that to happen, but we can use it. God's not prancing around in our lives causing disasters just so he can teach us something. God's will for our life is not some deterministic step-by-step -step map out that I've got to do this next thing so that I'm in line with God's will for my life. God's will for my life is that I am a, I'm a holy and kind and loving person in the steps that I naturally take. That I'm, I am... Te I am presenting to the world a kingdom not I've, I've done this and I did that and that was God's will and that's how God laid his will on my life you do the next right thing in honor of the people in your life standing up as Mordecai did for the weak challenging those in power to stand up for the weak and he says just maybe this, maybe this happened. Maybe you're here so you can do this. I love that from Mordecai. I don't know, maybe. Maybe. Where you are, God can use you. You're not where you're not supposed to be. 
Because you've taken the steps so far and God can use it. In your family. They may not know your name four generations from now. They'll probably know our names because everything and mostly everything stupid we've ever thought is on Facebook. <laughs> but I don't, know, I don't know off the top of my head my great-great-grandparents' names. So in three or four generations, my name will be forgotten. My great-great-grandkids will have to go to their great-grandmother, Macy, and say, May May. What, what was your dad's name? She'll say, I don't know, I just called him dad. But we'll be forgotten in a way. But the impact we have on our world will cause, they'll, they'll be thankful for who they are because we were who we were. They'll be thankful for the world that's been created because we are who we are. I will, I, I promise never to guilt trip you into showing up to this building more often. But we are called to take what we celebrate here in this building. We are called to take it out there more often. To take it with us, to, to honor God in those places. Your, your life may seem small. But in cooperation with God, it is huge. The impact you have on the people in your life, that's what being kingdom of priests is. That's what it's all about. Is we, are, we are taking what we know and experience of God and from God to the people God loves just as much as God loves us. That might not have to, that doesn't have to come with a scripture and verse, but it has to come with kindness and patience and forgiveness. So live your big little life this week. Knowing full well that it's not, it's not insignificant because you're walking with a God who loves you, who conquered death for you, defeated sin for you. And that you are united with the kingdom of priests. And our goal is to show the world how much God loves them by how we love them. It can be significant. I know it can feel insignificant, but it can be significant. Just do the next right thing in the name of love for the weak. And if you have to shout at power sometimes, that's what you just got to do. God can use you, even in your brokenness. That's how fantastic God is. Let's pray together. Holy Father, sometimes it feels like our next steps are just nothing 
that our Mondays and our Thursdays don't matter. But open our eyes. Open our eyes to the the next right thing, the next brave thing, the next courageous thing that we can do for your kingdom. Help us to never sum up our Christianity by how good we are at Christian-y things. But to honor your presence in our life by being present in the lives of the people around us. Bless our lives. Our little our little vapors in the air. And do great things through us. Help us to see the people who need you. And help the people who need you to see us. As someone who can be trusted. And as someone who loves them. It's in your son's holy name we pray. Amen.